Comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Holly Weird week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly, hashtag MMO Weekly, hashtag MMOW, a special Wednesday episode of MMO Weekly, as we had our order rearranged a bit for you all this week, and then we lied to you, saying this episode was going to come out on Tuesday. It's Wednesday. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike in a moment, and this is November 20th, 2019, 10 years to the day of the debut of the Sandra Bullock Oscar-winning movie, The Blind Side, Michael. Good Sandra Bullock in that movie. Bad. Bad football. Terrible football. Not a great year for the Best Actress category, either. I remember doing research about that recently, and some of the uh, the critic scores and tomato scores were none too kind to some of the movies that those performances were in, so we could have an hour-and-a-half conversation about that if you want. Might be a better book, actually, than anything. Movie or Now, when you say football. book, that's a what? <laughs> bunch of pages of uh you know from trees uh-huh. trees <laughs> oh, we're starting with the whole process paper. i see uh this is mike mike and oscar weekly this is your weekly catch-up of everything going on in the world of hollywood and entertainment if you're looking for oscar specific news there's going to be some of that tangentially related to what we cover here in mmo weekly but we also have a whole other new show coming to you once a week dedicated purely and only to oscars and award season news that is your oscar race checkpoint episode you can usually find that at the end of your week this is all the other hollywood news this usually comes to you on Mondays to start off your week, but like we said, we had some programming. I had some health issues, so now you're getting it on Wednesday instead. And how we usually start these Mike, Mike, and Oscar weekly episodes is we go around the Hollywoods there, and we talk about what current <laughs> stuff we are watching, Michael. <laughs> yes, this is what we're watching. <laughs> the Hollywoods. That's right. Go around the Hollywoods. It's all trees. Wow, that's ridiculous. All right, let me do a quick Disney Plus segment. Yes. I got it. You did. I've watched a lot of stuff on You that. have. Number one, The Mandalorian is worth the $7 for this month. So I get four episodes of The Mandalorian. It's worth the $7. Oh, they started with four? In my opinion. No, I'm going to get one a week. Okay, okay. So, But basically I'm looking at paying $14 for a season of The Mandalorian. Eight episodes or whatever it's going to be. Okay. That's not terrible. If they're smart, they'll like take a week off and they'll make me pay three months, make it $21. I'm still willing to pay that for The Mandalorian. It's that good. It begins with a bang. The middle is quite the spectacle. You get all the the droids fighting each other. And then the end of the first episode is just wonderful. It makes me so happy. So that was all in just the the premiere. The second episode's dealing with all that happy again. You (laughs) You left off with all the happy and then you deal with all the happy for the second episode. Good. But there's also like an adventure. But it's totally not as consequential as the first episode first episode you get some stuff happening i loved it it's just so much fun what is the timeline for this it's supposed to happen after i think episode six or basically the la- the return of the jedi okay okay all right so, so it's filling in some blanks to get you to episode seven i think so all right and i would love for some characters to show up and maybe the rise of skywalker if not a new trilogy but that's great that's great like i'll watch that i'll buy anything sure. to watch that show love it Lady and the Tramp, Mike, I'm so upset this was not good. Oh, no! It was not good. Oh, Chris Gore hit it right out of the out of the park, huh? Chris Gore was right on. Maybe this genre can struggle at times. That's sad to hear. That that was one of the more uplifting promos of 2019. I need more food. Yeah, well. I need more Italian <laughs> opera singing. Thank you. I need that. And that's not what I got here. And I'm very upset. That's a shame. I was really looking forward to that one. I mean, it was okay, but it, w- it wasn't. It wasn't the. Cartoon. So you're not paying seven bucks a week to, to or watch seven more bucks a month no. to watch more Lady in the Tramp. All right. I watched Float, like I mentioned on Oscar Race Check yes. with the Pixar short. I watched Pixar in real life. Forky uh, did a, did a new short film series as well. So they had three Pixar shorts. All right, fine, great. Imagineering is an awesome documentary basically a puff piece about the you know the beginnings of disney and the beginnings of disneyland loved it loved awesome. it. i'll watch i'll watch hour-long documentary series on that all day mike the marvel shows aren't coming out until when i mean they're not coming out till next year i know some of them are currently still in production i think the hawkeye one is still going on which is weird because nobody knows what, exactly what's going on with jeremy runner yet what's to stop me from dropping disney plus after 
the second month and I finished the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's a great question. And then I would not really have need to go back to them until a year and a half from now. If they give me the rule, like, all right, it takes you a year and a half for, before you could re-up, which they'd be stupid to do. I can't imagine they would do that anyway. They got enough no. money to, to for last anyone dropping and coming back. How much Star Wars and Marvel is available on it right now? Most of it. Okay. I would say most so of it. So that's your hook, all right? I mean, just it's at your fingertips. I have most of it on sure. your video. I mean, do I need it? I have discovered that if something is on streaming versus if something's on physical media with all the physical media I own, mm-hmm. I still will absolutely <laughs> prefer streaming if I could just sit my fat ass in a chair and click around on a remote. I will probably watch The Sound of Music. I will probably watch Tangled. Uh, there's a couple things that I've been getting closer and closer right. to clicking on. Gotcha. Like things that I just want to make uh, either make me happy or like the one Disney Animation Studios film I never saw. Gotcha. I'll probably do that, but how long am I going to do that mm. for? How long can it hold your interest? It's an interesting question. I it's going to be, uh, especially, I would imagine they're going to have some stuff by spring of next year because HBO Max is hurdling May 2020. That thing's going live, and that's going to be Disney's biggest competitor in the new streaming service. the services. new streaming thing, but I'm like going back to Netflix this week, too, because yeah. Netflix has me. The end of the effing world, season two, I binged it in one night oh, and, wow. and had the best time doing it. I loved season one, love all the actors and actresses. They had a new character this year. So much fun, so weird and twisted. Love that show. Good. Love the music on that show. And it, it's basically amounts to like a, a long movie. Now, who's in this one? Jessica Barden, Alex Lothar. So it's a team-based thing. Faces that you'll recognize. Well, she's like 28 and she, she looks young. Okay. And I think he is young. But they're, they're faces you recognize from other movies. They're terrific actors. They're funny. But this is like a weird thing. Like they came into contact with a serial killer in the first season. Yeah, right. And now this is building on that. They're just two idiot kids on the run who are kind of in love. And I, I loved it. All right, good. It's fun. So it's a great show. I will watch 10 more seasons of that show. I watched Claws, which is the animated feature contender. L- a lot of love about that uh, lately on film Twitter. Great song, Invincible by Zara Larson. Maybe, Interesting. Maybe it's just me, and I am so rattled about my sense of music yeah, yeah, and my yeah, taste You always music. call yourself tone deaf and score deaf. I like this song. I'm a big nerd. Who cares if I like this song? <laughs> basically what I think. But I kind of like this song. And I like the movie. It's it's kind of funny. It's well, as long as it made you happy, that's what matters. Great animation. And then Earthquake Berg. Uh, our, our buddy Wojciech watched this. He was pretty high on it. I will watch five more movies like this. So it lived up to the hype. We, we reviewed the trailer a couple MMOWs ago, and we were like, what the hell is this? Like, the mystery isn't great, but okay. there, it's a mystery, and it does make me think. There's ambiguity here. I I had to read some stuff about it afterwards. And then, of course, Alicia Vikander, Riley Keough. I watched 100 movies with those two. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're my favorite people. Gorgeous actresses gorgeous, and also phenomenally talented. And I had, think, impure thoughts is what, what happened. <laughs> well, I'm glad but you had found the moment to get that in. It, <laughs> I'm being honest with people because I started to gush about them, but that's why. I just, I'm just i a red-blooded man. They're my age. I love them. I'm in love with them. I'll make a note to cut all this. Netflix has me is what I'm Good. saying. They have me. And I, I watched the best thing I watched this week along with something else, Big Mouth Season 3. I finished watching like eight episodes of that. It's you've like, always been, you've been a, like a diehard Big Mouth apologist. It's hysterical. Yeah. It's hysterical. So Good. I'm still in with that. All right. So let's, I mean, we'll, we could do a C by skip, but what I'm really curious about is the other best thing you watched this week. It's kind of a tease to what we're, what is coming from us. So mm-hmm. why don't you get to that? What's the best thing you watched this week? Another Netflix property. The Irishman. Yeah. So they have me. I'm going to watch The Irishman at least twice more. Easy. And you saw it on the big screen. I saw it at the big screen. I I saw it at Holiday Cinemas in Wallingford, Connecticut. It was one of those things like where I had no good show times. It was like a 9 or 10 o'clock show time. I didn't want to be out until 1 in the morning. For a near four-hour movie, right. I had to drive 10 minutes further to get hit an 8 o'clock show time. Okay. I went to the Wallingford Holiday Cinemas. Love this place. Mike, they have like if you want a Sunday, they'll make you a Sunday. Oh, awesome. Like, I'm on a diet right now, but I, if I'm not on a diet, I will go to a movie and buy a full Sunday with all the trimmings. Like, that's the greatest idea ever. Ridgefield Playhouse is a relatively new one. They have a similar thing. It's like you, those yogurt bowls. They could put like coconut and Nutella and, and all do, kinds of... Well, that's oh, what yeah. they do. They have all the fruit. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those. I was at Chapter 2 and me and my big-ass bowl of fruit and shit. Oh I was God. housing it down. Why those are very are tempting. Why are we going to see yeah. every movie at these two places? <laughs> 
but then they got good food it looks like but even better they got good food places around the joint like there's wooden tap there's sonic only mike mike and oscar can you get the first look at the irishman and it immediately pivots into a, a conversation all about food. of this matters it matters folks i mean we're watching as many movies as we watch we better go to places that have good food stops nearby now so, all the dietary stuff aside right. the movie lives up to the hype the movie has some t- things I hate about it. Okay. Just hate. I'll be honest with you. The makeup and hairstyling and some of the VFX, I hate. Oh, I hate wow. Okay. The Fire of a Thousand Suns. All that being said, the movie is just immersive. It goes by fast. I, I, I can't get over some of the stuff in it. I love Martin Scorsese, and it's it's really fun. The rare review of a quick 18-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're obviously going to get more of that, more of The Irishman when we recover in full. That will be getting its own Oscar sprint profile after it does go wide on Netflix. My physical well-being cannot handle a movie seat for four hours of program. Yeah. Did you have previews, by the way? No previews, thank okay. God. I started reading the audiobook on the way up, so mm-hmm. those 40 minutes of listening to uh, I Heard You Paint Houses, which right. is a metaphor. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm listening to that on the way home. But I'm like four hours into that now. I just finished Caging Skies, which is the uh, Christine Lunin's Jojo Rabbit sure. basis. I'm going to talk about both of those in our adapted screenplay, but I've talked for too long. We, we went on side avenues with food and whatever. But. Yeah, and most impressively, you cut down this section for yourself, too. You watch and my first, I mean, you get the copy, you start the copy of MMO Weekly, you do a lot of the programming side of this, and so I always get to it afterwards and I add my notes, and your MMO, your what we're watching section was huge, and I just like, we were only apart for six nights and I couldn't, how do you do this? How do you watch all that you watch? Here's the thing, I've always done this, <laughs> but you're like editing, and I, when I do my work, I can do it with a movie on I can't, yeah, I need, I need you have to yeah, listen, and you silence, have to focus, yeah. you have to work the computer, yeah. so I can program episodes, I can write a full episode on Doctor Sleep, and watch Fast Color mm. with Gugu and Bathara. Yeah, right. So you could have these. You could, and I've Which never been. Yeah, I've never ever since law school. Like I can't study with stuff on it. Even if I'm doing notes, it's tough for me to have stuff on in the you, background. So that's why you stayed in school longer and got more <laughs> degrees. No, you could, anyone can stay. That's what I tell people. Anyone I, can get a law degree if they're okay with crippling massive debt. <laughs> I half ass this while I half ass watch that. <laughs> like my watching schedule, the only thing I watched that I want to give a shout out to uh, specifically was this week's episode of Survivor. Remember how I first reviewed the first episode and it was about the Me Too movement and there was that Hollywood agent that wouldn't stop touching people? That came to a head this week. It was handled in a really questionable way by the show. The guy was talked to by the producers. They made a big deal about it. And then they ended up sending the girl he was being inappropriate to home as part of the game. Like, she was the one voted out. He got to stay. And it was this really toxic environment of how people... Claimed that he was doing something one minute and then they backed off their claim. But the girl that these things were actually being done towards and done to kind of was like left on an island by herself. It was a really all too real thing about how some victims, what happens to them when they do speak up and nobody has their back. And it was really toxic and really kind of gross to watch. And it really, really left a sour taste in my mouth about the programming overall. I just wanted to make note of that. A couple of great articles were written about it. I think I read one in Entertainment Weekly it was. Oh. Uh, you could find it all over. But yeah, that was... That was rough, and I just wanted to give it special mention because I did not expect that kind of heaviness from Survivor, you know, and that kind of wrongness, frankly, from a you, broadcast station like CBS. It's not why you tune into Survivor. The no. Miles uh, Garrett thing is not why you tune into the right, NFL. Right, yeah. And so, uh, that, Fargate is probably why we all should tune in <laughs> to, to Mr. Matthews. <laughs> Princess, yeah, everywhere. A couple Fargate stories coming around the, the <laughs> bend this week. I got home from the Irishman last night. It was like the funniest moment I've had on Twitter in years. <laughs> It was like everybody's talking about Fargate with Chris Matthews. Yeah. And it was totally Chris Matthews. Oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> and there's no doubt. And he's been, he's comfortable with it. I'm sure he might address it tonight, as a matter of fact. The Rigger people were like, that is a, that is not a standing fart. That is a fart echoing That's off rippling the off the chair. Off the chair. Yep. <laughs> yep. They got, they got, they figured it all out. The investigative reporting was top notch on that one. Uh, but as for other stuff I did watch, I watched old Attack of the Show clips, mm-hmm. some. Not all, not the usual, but some wrestling. I, I caught up on some Superstore. My watching late at night, Mike, generally consists of a lot of What Culture and Watch Mojo top 10 lists, mm. a lot of Cultaholic news and podcasts. That's a wrestling site that I really like. And some Schmodown and then generally just crying myself to sleep. That's my usual typical night for watching things. 
Mike, $7. (laughs) Watch Frozen 1. Watch The Mandalorian, because it's fun. I know you're not a Star Wars nerd. Yeah. Go to Frozen 2 this week. It'll help me get through it. I know we're probably reviewing it next week. Watch happier movies. I mean, you, you have to listen to my mother. That's what has to happen here. Oh, okay. All right. Because I listen to my mother, and I, I guess I quote her like the fucking uh, Norman Bates now. <laughs> Christ almighty. But you need to listen to her and watch happier stuff. Yeah, probably. Well, like Survivor didn't help with that this Downton week. Downton Abbey and, and all, her, all her stuff is happy. Like the right. Hallmark movies. Right. I need happy. to stop watching the Disney. news is what I need to do. You need yeah. to stop watching the news. It's just unhealthy to all that cynicism and nightmarish... <laughs> The world is going to end shit. Mike, Mike, me. and Oscar and therapy is what this episode Mike, has turned Mike, into. <laughs> we need a therapist on this show ASAP. Well, we'll put that burden on our listeners and turn into some audience interaction stuff. It's up to you guys to cheer us up. And we had the Six Degrees of MMO Challenge for you this week. Martin Lawrence to Carrie Fisher. I just want to reiterate because I saw a couple people going back and forth on this on Twitter. We call it Six Degrees of MMO out of like ease because everybody knows that game. But certainly, and again, we haven't said it in a while, so this is our fault. But certainly, the the goal is not to get it in six. As always, we highlight creativity. We don't care if you get it in one link. We don't care if you get it in a billion links and you want to talk about it. That's why we have a book of the week. That's why we have an efficiency award. We just want you guys to have fun with it. So don't feel bogged down if you can only get it in five or four or seven. We, none of that matters to us. Submit it. We like highlighting the ones that make us laugh and make us giggle and we find fascinating most. Uh, and just want to give you guys that reminder because i saw some people you know feeling don't ever feel like you have any restriction to participate in any audience interaction segment we do we want to hear from you there was a guy who took a picture of the tandem we had (laughs) nailed it on the wall and then said that's my connection right and then took it off the wall that's what he said it was on the wall then off the wall and the wall was the connection and we totally because we said we wanted the most off the wall connection and he's like i took it off we literally talked about it for five minutes then and we're probably talking about it for another full 60 yes. seconds now it has gotten six minutes of mike mike and oscar airtime thus far so you don't have to do it at six degrees only you could do it as many yes. fun degrees as you want the bottom line is just have some fun with it yes we do have some efficiency awards we have a lot take a two at a time mike, yeah today. go for it Merck with a movie blog said Martin Lawrence and Carrie Fisher were both featured in an April 1994 issue of Us Magazine. I saw at least two accounts have this, and I can't believe that happened. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> how do they know? Yeah, that's right. Like, how do you come up with that? Googled it? I don't Unless know it's the... the first thing in a Google image search, but that's amazing. To take my second one, Matt Starfighter, at Matt Starfighter, this is one T, said, I had to look this up to make sure I was right, but to answer your question... Martin Lawrence with Tracy Morgan to Carrie Fisher and the two movies were Death at a Funeral and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Two classics. I remember <laughs> sitting around watching Death at a Funeral with all my buddies from high school and just laughing our asses I off. I love it's so both good. versions of that movie. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. I think if I had a cult classic list, that would be high yeah? up there. It's good. It's a comedy that kills me. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It was hilarious. And Peter Dinklage in both movies. Killed it! He's Absolutely great. killed it! He's the highlight, no question. Now, the Nomcast, a buddy of ours here, Andrew from the Nomcast. Carrie Fisher was an Amazon woman on the moon mm. with Joey Potts and Pans, Joe Panagliano. Yeah. Panagliano was in both Bad Boys movies with Martin Lawrence. Another quick and efficient one. Potts and Pans is a great nickname there. <laughs> Jack Mayer at JMA658. Martin Lawrence is in Bad Boys for Life. Bow, bow, with Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens got her big break in High School Musical. Yes, she did. A Disney Channel original movie. Disney made the new Star Wars <laughs> movies with star Carrie Fisher. We're going the broadcast and the studio route with this. Right. Now, the shmave, and this is called, this is... It, yeah, I, ha- yeah have I, I have to say this. This is the shmave award who yelled at me for not including one last time. I told him I thought it was a really good submission, so I needed to make sure I got to do it this time. My brother, shmave, yells at me when he doesn't get a, uh, a heads up, when he I tell him, when I give him confirmation that it's worthwhile, and he's like, well, why didn't you say it on the show? <laughs> <laughs> so here's my my bone, my my olive branch. Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys with Will Smith, who was in Suicide Squad with Batfleck, who was in Jersey Girl with George Carlin, who was in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back with Jer- Carrie Fisher. Yes, very good. Good four, job, four Schmidt. Uh The deepest cuts are the, in fact, the deepest. <laughs> 
I don't like the song. It doesn't make sense. The, the, the deepest cuts are, the, in fact, the deepest award. Bill Bratsky, at Bill Bratsky 2620, says Martin Lawrence was in the movie Boomerang with David Alan Greer, who, of course, played Don No Soul Simmons in Amazon Women on the Moon. Why have so many people seen this? The movie also <laughs> featured a segment called Reckless Youth, a black and white, white educational film spoof Starring Carrie Fisher. Amazing. Why? I, we have to watch Amazon Women on the Moon. The deepest cuts are the deepest, folks. Because Mike can't see, I have to take this next one as <laughs> That's well. That's exactly with why. With an awkward edit. <laughs> Nolan Roberts, at Nolan Roberts 17, said Martin Lawrence made a, made the comedy album Martin Lawrence Live Talking Shit, Ooh. released by East West Records, which has also released records by Bette mm-hmm. Midler, who had an uncredited cameo in Get Shorty, starring Gene Hackman, who is in Superman with the score composed by John Williams, who also composed composed the score for Hook, which had an uncredited cameo wow. from Carrie Fisher. Great job by Nolan. He's usually good for coming up with some deep dives there. That's Deepest an awesome cuts. job. Uh, the David Lynch Left Peak Award this week does go to our old buddy Wojciech there. Wojciech Reishore, Swamp Thing. A little longer this time, he says, Martin Lawrence was born on the exact same day as John Cryer. Come on. Cryer is a friend of Paget Brewster. On the thrilling adventure Hour podcast, they play a pair of high society married mediums with Paul F. Tompkins. Tompkins was in a Six Degrees of MMO challenge with Zoe Kravitz. That's accurate. I can vouch for that. Kravitz is a best friend of Olivia Thurlby. What? Thurlby appears in a short film by Bradley Rust Gray and So Young Kim promoting New York fashion line Falls. Gray and Kim, the two people made the fashion line, were also responsible for movie Love Song with Jenna Malone and Riley Keogh in 2017. Keogh won Elle's Women in Hollywood Award alongside Kathleen Kennedy, who's responsible for the new Star Wars trilogy with Carrie Fisher. Where does he find all this? (laughs) That's amazing. Is this TikTok? Is this what the kids are doing on TikTok? Is this this TikTok? Is Is this what TikTok is? Is this what TikTok is? I don't know. I'm just getting so old lately. I'm sick of kids. I don't know where he finds all this stuff. I mean, is it on Instagram? Like, you, can you can you search go one from the next thing? There's so many Instagram. different mediums too that he like that he connected there using using an old six degrees of MMO, using Kathleen Kennedy, using a fashion line. I want to go to Poland, <laughs> and I want us to take a video camera. I want us to record this master at him work. doing research there. That's yes. a great job. It's incredible. The, the David Lynch Award right peak is going to Mark Burgundy at the one Hansen EN there. Martin Lawrence was born in Hess, Germany. What? As was John McEnroe. <laughs> Are you kidding me, two, Mark? Two American institutions. Unbelievable. John McEnroe was, of course, portrayed by Shia LaBeouf who was nominated for a Young Artist Award alongside Haley Joe Osmond, who saw Dead People. As did Luke Skywalker. What a connection. <laughs> Skywalker. They both saw dead people. All right, I'm not going to spoil Star Wars, but whatever. <laughs> Luke Skywalker also almost slept with his sister, played by Carrie Fisher. And that's not even the most amazing part. <laughs> My God. Uh, Storytelling. The I Just Cannot Deny This Award Award. We can't deny it. Joe Farrelly, at Joe Ed Farrelly. Martin Lawrence was a bad boy. Jacob Tremblay was a good boy. (laughs) Jacob Tremblay was also in Room, not to be confused with The Room, which was the subject of The Disaster Artist, which features James and Dave Franco, who are brothers, like the Blues Brothers, which featured Carrie Fisher. Bing, bang, boom. How's your mother? (laughs) How fun is that? That is so good. How do we not pick that to win? That's great. We're jerks. But it just goes to show you the winner this week. High quality um, entries this week. Awesome job. The theme of the week from Dark Nook at Dark Nook Shop, he says, in the spirit of the holiday. He's my, totally taking it upon himself yeah. to play his own game. He's played, <laughs> oh, he's doing a great job. That's why he's got his own award. Yeah. My added degree of difficulty this week uh, is basically to link everything to a holiday connection. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher was in the Star Wars holiday special with Harvey Corman. Sure. Corman was in Jingle All the Way with Chris Parnell. <laughs> Parnell was in the SNL Thanksgiving special 2013 with Garrett Morris, who was in the Thanksgiving episode of Martin with Martin Lawrence. How do you know this? How and do you know these things? How did he get there that fast with those 
four specials. Well, a lot of high quality entries this week. The winner this week, though, is also the Book of the Week award winner. It goes to MC Myers at Film Objective. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Martin Lawrence to Carrie Fisher near miss challenge where each step has to complete a connection to Carrie Fisher. Lawrence was in Bad Boys with Will Smith. Willow Smith sang the backing track for the Sean Lennon song, Bird Song, co-written by Carrie Fisher. Are you kidding That's me? That's one link. How? Will Smith was in Men in Black with makeup effects by Rick Baker. Parentheses, Baker was second unit makeup effects on Star Wars A New Hope, which featured Carrie Fisher. Baker also did the effects for An American Werewolf in London, which was being pushed by the producers at Polygram to be a Dan Aykroyd vehicle, parentheses, Aykroyd once saved Fisher from choking on a Brussels sprout by performing the Heimlich maneuver on the set of Blues Brothers. I don't know if that's a true story. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. I'm going to allow it. That, that's unbelievable. Aykroyd starred in Ghostbusters, whose cinematographer, Laszlo Kovacs, also did New York, New York, directed by Scorsese. In 97, Scorsese presented the Lifetime Achievement Award to Stanley Donnan, who directed Singing in the Rain, starring Debbie Reynolds, who's Fisher's mother. Yes. Scorsese, back to the main chain now, directed Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which Shirley MacLaine turned down, saying, quote, Who is this Martin Scorsese person? Parentheses. MacLaine starred in Post Guards from the Edge, written by Fisher. Yes. McLean's first role was in The Trouble with Harry, directed by Hitchcock, who directed The Man Who Knew Too Much, starring Doris Day, who was in That Touch of Mink with Audrey Meadows, who starred in The Honeymooners with Art Carney, who played the old guy in the Star Wars Holiday Special, regrettably starring Carrie Fisher. <sighs> Good night, folks. <laughs> we'll be here. Again next week. Good unbelievable. God. I mean, great we job. End, we can end with that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> what a great job. This Perhaps our best six degrees of MMO in a long damn yeah, time. A great, great, spectacular job Saying by all the listeners. Thank you, everyone, as always, for submitting your entries. Congratulations to Film Objective MC Myers. All bragging rights, six degrees of MMO related are yours this week. You have that mashed potato, sturdy <laughs> chair. How did we, what did we add? We're feeding Dirty you feeding. gravy and... <laughs> Well, and we, we are feeding them the mm-hmm. meal, right. Thanksgiving meal, right. while he's on his mashed potato, mashed potato cranberry accented throne. And you <laughs> insisted upon feeding him spoonfuls Just of gravy. Just gravy. Yeah, the gravy train's coming. That's right. So what do we got? And? We have, look, you can't help it. We can't help it. With all that food being eaten so quickly, mm-hmm. there's a fart gate. <laughs> There's a fart gate that just happened. So, of course, you're blasting off now into space on your mashed potato throat. Second straight month. I think every month we should blast them off into space. So right now you're in the air. You're, you're basically the silhouette of E.T. across the moon, but in your mashed potato chair, yeah. powered by methane gas. You could survive longer than you'd think because you have the food there. You've got enough sustenance to sustain you. And we could survive longer. Aren't you happy you won, MC Myers? Thank you <laughs> once again. Guys, awesome, awesome job this week with Six Degrees. Let's get you a new challenge for next week. So the two big movies coming out this week are A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. We've got a guest coming on for a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes. I guess that's going to mean a lot after this particular episode where we're both losing our (laughs) damn minds. Accurate. We are going to review both next week, we think. So, we'll have the theme make a lot of sense here. We're going to go from Fred Rogers to Adina Menzel. And we will both, in honor of this, get full sleeve tattoos and cover them up with button-up sweaters. (laughs) (laughs) And tattoo Adele Disease. <laughs> Just a Travolta <laughs> face. <laughs> yes, that is your challenge for next week. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers himself, to Adele Dazim, a.k.a. Adina Menzel. That is your Six Degrees Challenge for next week. We move on here, like always, to a box office update. Michael, big news for Joker. Joker becomes the first R-rated movie to make a billion dollars. That's 322 domestically, 696 overseas for 1.018 B billion dollars. It's a lot of Bs. Unbelievable. It's at least one B. Uh, so good for Joker, right? That's the obvious headline. Good for Warners for taking that risk, even though they tried to kill the movie. Uh, but I guess they they reap the benefits of it. Good for Todd Phillips. Good for Joaquin Phoenix, etc. I'm 
a little amazed that this crossed the billion dollar mark and yet it's still only weighing in as the 70th highest grossing domestic film ever. That's just kind of a credit to how big the international box office and how dependent studios have become on the international box office. I mean, if you look at it right now, this movie, just on the U.S. side, just on the state side, it still trails the U.S. totals of such films as like American Sniper, The Secret Life of Pets 1, and ironically enough, Suicide Squad. That's another poop you've taken on a parade today. <laughs> We've had several parades of fun. I, I just report the numbers. Jared Leto, yeah. clearly the better Joker. It made a billion dollars. It's a rated R film. It's, it's awesome. Wonderful. It's awesome. It, it's amazing. I think it's interesting about the international market. That's all. Interesting. <laughs> I, all right. That's interesting. We'll see what our guest next week thinks of your interesting little... Tidbits. It's the only reason we're having her on is so you can get a free analysis of me. I need to, Todd Phillips is now open to a Joker sequel, Mike. This is a big story. If, quote, it has thematic resonance. Yes, and we all know how important thematic resonance is and how important it is to not just make a sequel for money grab purposes for the guy who was the director of The Hangovers 2 and 3. That's extra funny, actually. Again, you pooped on a parade here, but I actually agree with that yeah. one. I agree with it. Mike, the uh, box office this week, number one, Ford v. Ferrari took in $31 million domestically, 21 internationally, 52 worldwide. Yeah, so no strings attached with this one. This is good news all around. Good job for the movie. They almost hit the long-term and short-term projection right on. $50 million plus worldwide, $30 plus million of that coming domestically. We talked about previously in recent years, you hit $30 million stateside, you have a much better track record to getting to $100 million domestically than if you fail to do so on your opening weekend. So great job all around by Ford versus. Ferrari. That's going to work for them. Yeah. And who knows if it gets a little award season, you know, momentum sure. here, it might, it might have some legs, some longer legs. Just talked about that with our buddy Colby Mack. We yes. left a big review, all three of us. So it was a delight to do. Go check it out. Get the full OSP breakdown. Second place went to Midway. It's up to 35 domestically, 18 overseas for a $53 million cum so far. Now, the two biggest American exports are Ford v. Ferrari. Look how awesome we are as Americans. And Midway, look how awesome we were as Americans. And we're trying to impeach our president. It's all America all the way around What's currently going in on? this country. Uh, look, <laughs> Midway only lost 52% of its audience. That's not great, but if this was going to, like, pardon the pun, but bomb at the box office, it probably would have lost closer to 65% in its second weekend. So I think those are that numbers that well. they can they can be happy with. It did well. I mean, obviously, they put it out at the right time. Sure. Stay Veterans Day. Yep. It made, smart made sense of smart marketing. As uh, opposed to this marketing for number three. Charlie's Angels only made $8.6 million stateside, 19.3 overseas for 27.9, Mike. I saw a lot of people complaining that they... They thought this was just unwatchable from the previews, and they didn't like the trailers, how they were cut. I, I tend to agree. I've heard nothing but, like, high marks, or at least relatively high marks from people who actually saw this, but I don't think they sort of helped bring people into the theater with the way they positioned this film. We didn't like the trailers. No, no, yeah, we didn't. We uh, thought they were pretty cliche. I still may see this movie in some way, shape, or form. It got good reviews, so good. here's the thing right now. Like, I'm seeing awards season movies. Right. It's just, it's hard to, sure like, tack is. this one on. Yep. And especially if I wasn't interested in the beginning. I mean, let me be honest with you folks. I mean, I, I want to kind of do it a favor and just see it. Sure, right. Point, I feel but... the same way. A $48 million budget, and especially with how hit Sony has been. Mm-hmm. We talked about their full, you know, company breakdown a couple ORCs ago. This is a rare misstep for them. Send me a screener. I'll watch it then. There you go. Number four was Playing With Fire. When did this movie come out? I have no idea what this is. This is your buddy, mm-hmm. your wrestler, John Cena. I remember. Yes. I, I did not know what it was. You think like small guys that are on the wire look like them. Remember that inside joke? That deep cut? Wow. You pulled that one from like a year and a half ago. Makes no sense to this day. You can't see your Mr. Magoo. Fair. All fair. And it's he's basically making a comedy about being a fireman. Yeah. That's how it looks. California wildfires. I mean, Is this... <laughs> could they be any dumber? Well, pulled in $30 million. $30 million worth of people Worldwide. don't care about that cliche. 25 and 5. Uh, but, yeah, I guess not. I guess, I guess it's only in California. It'd play well <laughs> everywhere else. Maybe it's sure it's delightful. It, it makes no sense. And when did this movie you know come what's, out? Yeah, I haven't even seen people, like, reviewing this, to be honest with you. <laughs> Mike, we are obsessed with movies. Yeah. And I, I didn't wasn't even aware of it. It's a good point. Well, you know why that is. Because you can't see John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Dear God. That's the ultimate. Thank you. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. I'm leaving all this in. It works as a dad joke and as a, with the prop facial yeah. because that's his facial Waving thing. my hand in front of my face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a good joke by me. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it works I'm on proud multi- of myself. works on multiple levels. It's really terrible. Number five was Last Christmas. This is a movie I do want to see. Yeah, except Vulture fucking ruined it. Yeah. I, I saw this last night. I, uh, wait, 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 wait. Dude, you're not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. All right. I'm going to warn people, there's not an article on Vulture that ruins this and spoils this movie. There is a headline oh. to an article on Vulture that spoils this movie. Eric Weber was all up in arms about it. I, I, I was furious about it last night. They totally ruin it, and they even introduced spoiler regulations back in 2008 i saw somebody dig up where it said that they the the right time to spoil what movie or what tv show how long does it take this movie's been out for two weeks how can you write this article and the author's the author's objection was well everyone's already seen it already i've seen spoilers posted everywhere what are you talking about then again this year save her from tears (laughs) something special is gonna happen right you gotta have faith I don't know, but it, it, does it follow the song? I'm curious. I don't know. Don't, don't, don't I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. But don't I, read Vulture I think it this week. Yeah. That's my guess. Okay. I want to see it. Trailer thoughts. <laughs> trailer thoughts. All right. A couple big trailers had their debut this week. Cats trailer two. Yeah, the premise. We're really actually just going to go forward with this, huh? They leaned into all of it. Oh, they sure did. Trailer. Like, we were wondering is, all right, maybe they'll go, you know, not emphasize the production right. time or, you know, the goofy catness of it all. Yeah. No. No. That's what it is. James Corden and Idris Elba look like nightmare creatures. You, pr- uh, they're, they're like sexy cats. I mean, are they, are they going to get away from the sexy cat thing? No, but we have nipples. Idris Elba nipples yeah, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, here's the take from With his me. legs crossed, because it looks like he's nude. We broke this down about how they're missing the awards window on Oscar Race Checkpoint last week. Mm-hmm. I am now more convinced than ever they never cared about awards. It's a tough sell when Tom Hooper is the director of it because he's so ingrained in the Oscars culture. But the look of this, it There's looks no so bizarre that the only th- thought they had to have had was let's just go off the deep end and we'll get you know, families in here. We'll get musical junkies in here. We'll do enough to make a great box office. I'm sure box office is their only concern. It, it is. And, and and they'll probably make buku bucks, too. They might. Yeah, yeah I know. See, you're a little more I'm reserved. A little, yeah. I'm a little, you know, hesitant. But I don't know. Maybe. I think the scale of the cats look absolutely ridiculous, too, by the way. They look like they're, like, the size of what mice would be. Like, it's jumping absurd. on the bed. It's absurd. I Look, I don't have the attachment to the original. Me either. I just don't know what they're doing here and it's hilarious like they're trying to be serious and ian mckellen and then he turns and looks with that fake ass rest of them but his face is just like a serious you know uh it's like a dr evil look yeah just put his finger his pinky to his uh side of his chin there it's a rough look it's a rough look <laughs> me james uh james Catton needs to be destroyed with fire we can't have that walking around in real life what is happening that's it you know they're going for it, is what's happening, Michael. They are going for it. Uh, speaking of people that leaned away from absurd cartoons... Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, trailer 2. We actually have Sonic looking like Sonic here. Yeah, we got a premise, a souped-up and reanimated hedgehog gets a new look and a new release date. I cannot imagine how the design team goes back into work now. <laughs> Were they all fired? Or how awkward must that be for them to be like... Yeah, we're all still here. Grant gestures. Powerful. I, I hope they got paid for all their work because it looks great now. I mean, he looks like Sonic. If they got double paid, you know, good for them. Right. I hope they did. Probably. But also, it could open the door for other animation departments to sabotage their adaptations. They to probably get a double all got check. fired and they're yeah. in the street now and they're, they're in the gutter. I have no idea. I feel bad for that whole scenario. But this looks exactly like Sonic, and they they really. I talk about leaning into things, right? Mm. Because that's how you're trying to sell the movie. Right. This felt like a video game. They leaned into all that. You know, you got like the, the big circular Sonic going super fast. How many times is he going super fast? You got all the rings happening. Yeah. Dr. Robotnik. Uh, I'm a fan. There was a, uh, a bit that Conan did recently mm-hmm. with the Sonic Rob when this trailer dropped of the new Sonic, the updated animation. They had uh, a redone Sonic mascot debut on a show. Mm-hmm. And it was just this blue 
awful looking hedgehog, but he had a gigantic floppy penis. And that was like the big joke. He was jumping around. It was going everywhere. They had the blur on it so you couldn't see it. It was a good bit. It was funny. And, uh, that's the highlight of this trailer for me. I'm horrified, but... <laughs> There's a lot of people attached to this that I like. I like seeing Jim Carrey go goofy again. I like Ben Schwartz. I like James Marsden. I just, I don't even know if I have juice for this. So I'm into the fact that Jim Carrey is making me laugh in another trailer for the same movie after he made me laugh in the first trailer for the same movie. So that's good. That means there's at least like five good Jim Carrey jokes. Mm -hmm. So I'm into that. The music is great. It's the Ramones, but it's terrible in this trailer. It's like manic. Just like this entire episode from Mike and I. It's super manic. It's really strange. It doesn't work. I, look, I'm still kind of in for this movie. I'm rooting for a video game movie to be okay for Yes, once. agree, agree. We'll I see. hope it is. I just don't know if this is going to be the one for me. Talk about other animated movies. SpongeBob movie. Sponge on the Run. Sponge on the Run. Thank you very much. Uh, the premise, now we're talking. SpongeBob and Patrick, with their updated graphics, need to find a missing Gary with the help of Tumbleweed Keanu and underwater Atlantic City. So with the exception of the ironing joke at the very end, (laughs) which is kind of funny at the audacity of it, for them to end on that as a hammer joke, it's so bad. The comedy was just killing me in this trailer. It was funny. It was really funny. It was funny. Uh, I'm just glad that there's going to be an animated kids movie out there that teaches children at a young age the virtues and excitement of gambling in Atlantic City. It is ba- like, yeah, they, they, the virtue, but it's basically telling everybody these are the depths of society. This is where you should not go, kids. Gambling, I mean, it's ridiculous. I tell you, I didn't get that message, Mike. <laughs> but the Atlantic I just saw City bright goes, lights and spinning wheels. SpongeBob is so hyped to gamble that he literally jumps in the air and his pants just rip off and just got his tidy whities on. It's hilarious. I was dying. Tim Hill is directing this one. He's developed over 200 episodes of the show. I imagine this is going to be exactly what you think it is with that known. SpongeBob and Patrick on a road trip to find their lost pet yeah. snail. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go see it's that? It's the version of Harry and Tonto we all wanted. Meta Keanu Reeves jokes. <laughs> I'm in. Mike Scoob. A mentally disturbed man and his dog, which he insists speak to him, tries to convince his friends he was abducted by aliens. So this is Scooby-Doo. Uh, yes, we have another movie here. It's probably wrong for you know the consumption of you know by children. Yeah, it's not it's not a good kids movie because you're absolutely right. Like this guy is having a mental breakdown. Uh, do we care really though? Yeah. Do you care about all these ethics and morals <laughs> when we have Shaggy and that puppy Scooby-Doo backstory? I was smitten by that. that. You, on the you beach. sucker. Oh, come on. You sucker. Come on, he gives him the collar and Scooby-Doo's like... This, mean, is, this is a, a ploy. They wanted you to be smitten with the young Scooby. Yeah, this is, you know, do we need the Ed Sheeran <laughs> background music of Scooby and Shaggy meeting for the first... Uh, guess what? If that's the same dog, he's dead by now, all right? He doesn't make it to Shaggy's adulthood if they met that young. Yeah, he's Scooby-5, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, with how long that property's been out there. Uh, I want to watch the first 20 minutes of this movie based on this trailer, and yeah. then I don't want yeah. to be anywhere near I'm probably it. with you there. Also, they go on like a Falcon Fury ship. Is Falcon Fury a thing? Is that like is that another, is that a cartoon? I said it a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? I don't relate to kids anymore or children's <laughs> properties. I, I think it's it's, it's it. Yeah. I'm done. No, I can't do it. It's the safe call. I, like, I'm with you. SpongeBob was funny, but I feel guilty to even going to see that. <laughs> well, it can't be worse than the Wreck It Ralph last year when it was just me and sweatpants right. and that was awkward. A massive amount of children. That was much more awkward yeah. than this right now. <laughs> And this is awkward. This is fitting the bill. <laughs> Fantasy Island, Mike. The premise. Welcome, my friends, to Fantasy Island for like, I don't know, the fifth iteration. All right. You say the fifth iteration. Yeah. I'm not familiar with any iteration. I saw the Peter Dinklage movie about the actor who played the main guy on Fantasy right. Island. Right. So this is a TV show. Yeah. I assume, I don't know this, and I could be way off. Is the Dr. Moreau thing the same premise? No. It's a different story? I I do not think they're the same story at all. Well, then I'm wrong. And I didn't research it. Oh, so you thought this was the island of Dr. Moreau? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not at all. This was like a goofy-ass... I remember the TV show, yeah. It was like a Gilligan's Island thing, wasn't it? Yeah. It had nothing to do with being a horror show. Nothing at all. There's no horror. There's not a horror. So when I say I remember, literally all I remember is the plane to plane. 
Deplane, deplane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a comedy. This was a happy, fun show. Right. Right? Well, not now. Now it's Lucy Hale going blonde and being... So uh, we're old, but we're not old like that old. <laughs> so we don't know that. But I did watch the Peter Dinklage movie about the show. Was that good? It was terrible. That was a good answer. Not good. His right. performance was good. Yeah. But... Well, we don't get Dinklage here. We get Lucy Hale. Yeah, Lucy Hale. I don't want to see this movie at all. Uh, there was nothing appealing about this trip. And for, for two horror junkies... Yeah, but I don't even like the hostile stuff. Like, all right, give me a yeah. torture porn setup. At the best you could do is torture porn. Ugh. Remember that thing I said during our Doctor Sleep review about how even on Valentine's Day releases for horror movies, they'd have a willing audience to see people get killed. This yeah. isn't what I meant. No. <laughs> uh, it's basically a two-hour meta. It looks like a two-hour metaphor of "be careful what you wish for." I don't know. There was one time, like all I thought about during this whole trailer, there was a Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. That was adapted into the TV mm-hmm. show, one of the episodes, where like the girl was it was be careful what you wish for type thing, and the girl was like, I want to be the best basketball player on my team. So instead of the wish making her the best player, the wish made everyone else on her team worse and sick. So they lost every game. Won the state title actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So what's the problem? Yeah, I imagine they lost. I don't remember the specifics of it. Uh, but yeah, greatest sports story <laughs> from RL. What an ever. underdog book! <laughs> All right. Speaking of basketball, Michael. The way back. This is Coach Ben Affleck. Yeah, basically a Ben Affleck starring modern day retelling of the assistant coach from Hoosiers' <laughs> redemption story. All right, so. Affleck makes sense in this role. I mean, he's sure. been in sports adjacent movies, but kind of, you know, he's athletic. I mean, mm-hmm. he makes some sense. Obviously, if it's therapeutic for him to play this part, then everything else be damned. We're just happy for him and rooting for him here if that helps him. A lot of people on film Twitter were excited for this too, and it dropped. And for right. that reason, like, Ben Affleck's one of those guys, he's lived his public life under such media scrutiny that mm-hmm. we all probably unfairly feel like we relate to him in some way. And so we have a little more invested in him than maybe like even Matt Damon say. Oh, he's totally private accessible because right. he started out just being like a Boston guy, right? And that's who he was, and he was also the writer. I mean, he, he starts totally dating accessible. all these high-profile celebrities. Yes. Yeah, so you know, yeah, there's there's certainly an emotional attachment, an easy emotional attachment to this kind I, of property. I'm gonna keep my hopes low and my curiosity high for this movie. It's that, probably the safe way to do it. Probably where I'm at because I love great sports movies. I'm happy we're getting this. The account was not good. The accountant it was had a twist that I guessed in like early act uh, one. Never, that's never a good thing. Terrible. Never a good thing. I was like, that is gonna happen. <laughs> and, it, and it happened. Done. And, it, and then like something else is like, oh, that's how they're teeing off that that's gonna happen. Right, and I see. oh, this is the misdirect for them trying to convince me that it's not gonna happen. And then it happened. <laughs> so you wrote the movie, the accountant is what you're saying. I did get from that one. I, I don't take too much pride in a lot of things. <laughs> I guess the accountant. It's, Boom. it's good track and football coach. <laughs> guess the plot to the accountant. Can make egg and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Excellent job at this. That's it's your really profile. Good. Remember the MTV dating show Next? If you were to get off the bus, that's those would be your three things. Egg and cheese sandwich, <laughs> just, you know, connoisseur. The one thing I could cook really well. This trailer, I'm interested in it. I share your kind of trepidation. Mm-hmm. A little heavy-handed, no? Oh, it's a lot heavy-handed. Yeah. That, that's why I'm like... You know, hopes low. And right. Maybe they'll pull it off. Maybe it'll be okay. But yeah, I mean, this is just play a violin through this whole thing. Right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, we're seeing it the same way. I mean, Trey Parker could sing his song from basketball about <laughs> life's this movie. getting out of control. <laughs> you gotta get in and you can't let go. I don't even fucking remember it. Even if some guy's trying to blackmail you and your best friend thinks you suck. Exactly. You gotta let them know that it was all some just part of some rich guy's evil plan. That's how old we are, folks. Look out of Head, there's a bus changing lanes. You got some yellow chromes on your upper lip. Six Underground, Mike. <laughs> Trailer two. The premise is the second look at Michael Bay's action fantastic hidden behind the guise of a tourist video for Italy. This whole trailer is about one car chase. After the first trailer was like this romp everywhere. It's men on a mission, women on a mission. They're all over the place in the first trailer. This second trailer... It's all about that green car going through Italy. Yeah, we were like 30 seconds into this look before we had multiple cars driving on the inside of a building. 
I feel like action films, a lot of them, Michael Bay ones included, have become maybe a bit of a self-parody. Like, the skidding car in slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's avoiding both puppies and a baby, unironically. <laughs> like, this is the beginning of yeah, Naked Gun 33 the and The babies, third. ironically. I mean, they're doing that on purpose. You think so? I guess so. That's what every action film ever does, right? Here's the thing. <laughs> like, if he takes some stabs at himself, Michael Bay... Mm-hmm. And you have Ryan Reynolds, and you have writers that are that are good for this right. movie. Maybe then it's kind of cool again. Can Michael Bay become cool again? That's the question. That, I wonder. That's given him a lot of credit, and it's not something I had thought of, so I'm willing to try. <laughs> I was on the verge of thinking this movie was really cool, and I kind of still am. Okay. And it might be. Well, Ryan Reynolds is funny in this trailer. I mean, he made me laugh multiple times. There's a green dress, and there's a green car <laughs> that are kind of cool. And uh, we're American men, so and as film critics, mm-hmm. so we're going to watch this, and we're yeah. allowed to hate ourselves for watching it. I can't agree more. <laughs> Let's wrap up with a Do You Care segment. Second, this is where we take other news stories of the week. We ask ourselves, do we, should we, or will we care about them? The way we start every Do You Care segment is I ask co-host also Mike here, dear, sweet, innocent, ready for the prom, dressed up to the nines, also Mike, <laughs> been made fun of by the cool kids all year, but the hot girl finally asked him out and took his advance. I think if I don't say something, you're going to keep going. You're right. A, b- a beautiful day in the neighborhood, frozen <laughs> to 21 bridges of the wide releases, Mike. Yeah. Those are. Uh, we also have When Lambs Become Lions, Shooting the Mafia, Dark Water, Citizen K. Those come out limited. Streaming dropping Britney Runs a Marathon. That's on Amazon Prime on the 22nd. And VOD has It Chapter 2 and Where'd You Go, Bernadette, the one time thought to be Oscars contender there. What do we care about, Mike? I care about Citizen K. I- I'm curious sure. for Dark Waters, even though I think that's going to be kind of a miss for Todd I Hanks. hope that hits. I- I'm very interested in that. A beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Frozen 2. We're going to see those. Yes. Here's the thing, like we're getting these popular films. If they were released in January or February, I would have ample time. Or right. let's just say March or April. No, you're if right. If they were released yeah. in the spring, like Twenty One Bridges, I'm going to see that. I have no issue. Right. The fact that it's released now with all this Oscar viewing we got to do, it's impossible to go see Twenty One Bridges, or is it? I don't it's know. just the worst year for it too, because mm-hmm. you know you have the combination of yes, it's Oscar season, which is always busy anyway. Yeah. On top of the shortened calendar. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get the first week of February. We're out of the award show. So that's everything's truncated. On top of, for whatever reason, maybe it's because of the shortened calendar, maybe it's by happenstance, every studio <laughs> waited to release an Oscars contender until Definitely. these last six weeks of the year. And streaming, we got Britney Runs a Marathon coming out on Amazon Prime. Yeah. We, I mentioned it before. We still got Honeyland on VOD that yeah. we got to watch. It Chapter 2, Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Those are the bigger VOD releases next week uh, that I'd be curious to rewatch as well in terms of it chapter two where'd you go Bernadette I've heard a lot of bad things yeah Kate Blanchett is so good in everything I've heard the performance is good movies eh yeah that's what I've heard too I'd be curious I like Richard Linklater stuff sure yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you all the way. It's just going to be a matter of time management, which we're already short on as it is, for Christ's sake. Second story here. Beverly Hills Cop is having a sequel with Eddie Murphy coming to Netflix. Yeah, I care because of Eddie's properties that he's most well known for. Beverly Hills Cop was always my favorite over like Coming to America or his SNL stuff or... Norbit. <laughs> I care even more because we're in a full-fledged Eddie mania, Eddie renaissance here. And what makes it better is that the excitement of Eddie being back brings other A-listers excitement out. Like Will Smith is practically doing backflips on Instagram right now uh, on the set of Coming to America 2. It's him, Wesley Snipes, Mike Epps, all these all these you know people that love and adore Eddie Murphy that have been fans of his that we are all fans of. So it's cool to see people we get excited for be excited for someone else so yeah i'm interested why not reboot all his stuff why not so i wonder if this is included with his like 100 million dollar deal yeah for the stand-up specials Good or god wow how where is netflix getting this money they're they're digging themselves in a little bit of debit yeah a yeah bit, a little bit of debit <laughs> Yeah, they are. All right. So we said, you know, some Oscars adjacent news. We think, anyway, there's going to be a lot of, like, little stories we're going to pepper in in this segment right here. A lot of news this week about upcoming movies, Michael. 
Taika Waititi is making a soccer film next goal wins. Damien Chazelle is making an old Hollywood movie with Brad Pitt and Emma Stone, Babylon. Paul Thomas Anderson is making a 1970s high school film. Spike Lee is doing a hip-hop version of Romeo and Juliet called Prince of Cats. And Nicolas Cage is starring as himself in the movie The Unbearable Weight of Massive (laughs) Talent. So I wrote three questions for us both here. Okay. Number one. Which movie do we care most about? Like, which movie would you want to see right now? Chazelle. I, I think, I mean, PTA is a close second for me, but probably the Chazelle one. And I also think he has to be hoping that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood doesn't win at the Oscars this year. It was our favorite movie of last year, yeah. First Man. Uh, La La Land was a movie that I really liked. I know you didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I was up and down on it. I I think uh, I've listened to that soundtrack a lot, though. I'm so white. It's just City what it is. City of Stars. And Ryan Gosling, I'll never jazz. listen to that soundtrack again. <laughs> well, you don't have to now. No. <laughs> the second question now is, which movie do you most want to be Oscar-worthy? Again, PTA takes a close second for me. I'm going to say Spike Lee. One of my most interesting subplots, it's usually in sports, but I can relate it to movies and high-profile directors as well. When... A big personal goal gets accomplished with a very well-known superstar, whether Mm -hmm. that's a championship or getting a massive contract. I'm always curious to see how hot the fire is still burning inside that person afterwards. Spike Lee, it's been a lifetime drive to get that Oscar. Finally gets it last year. I would expect nothing less from him to keep going and doing what he always, always done. But I'm just curious to see that. I think it'd be a great story for him to come right back with his next movie and have equal uh, acclaim for it. Hip-hop version of Romeo and Juliet yeah, right? called Prince of Cats. It's an adaptation, too. Superior to the actual <laughs> Cats, but that's for a topic for another day. Which movie do I most want to be Oscar-worthy? I think it's hard to disagree with you, but I'll just say Paul Thomas Anderson. I, I always love it when he makes a great film. Same here. It, it makes the whole award season so much better. Like, I expect Spike Lee to make a good movie. Yeah, better. I, I would say, you know, especially lately. Then again, I kind of expect Paul Thomas Anderson. But when he gives me a great Oscar-worthy yeah. film, I'm really excited. It's usually a top five movie of the year for me. And though, I mean, Chazelle, too, included Taika Waititi, you could even argue. The highs of these filmmakers are quite unlike many other highs from other filmmakers. Final question now. Yeah. Which movie will win the most Oscars? The Nick Cage one. <laughs> well, is this kind of the meta level of weirdness that actually might break him through back to the mainstream? Look. No. Has Nick Cage ever played a role that wasn't him playing himself? But remember, <laughs> a few years back, back in the 2000s, Nick Cage was like getting nominated for Oscars yeah. almost year in, year out with adaptation and stuff like that. So can this be his being John Malkovich type thing is what Come, you're asking? Could, is this like a comeback to the mainstream at all? Sure, the Maybe potential's he'll, there. He'll stop bo- dyeing that beard in weird, <laughs> ridiculous, you know, Tony Stark ways. Uh, he's. <sighs> Which would you rather see in this in this plot here? Would you rather see a Nick Cage meta movie or a Keanu meta movie? Well, every movie is a Keanu meta movie. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about Nick Cage. <laughs> so so is he. Yeah. Like they're they're leaning into that phase of their career because they have to. And he went bankrupt a few years ago. He has to make bank, so he's making a movie every two months. <laughs> I, I can't blame the guy. No, he's no, getting his really. reps and he's making some yeah. great, you know, zany uh, stuff. Yeah, makes some great camp and some really really cool horror movies for the most part. What uh, what is your answer seriously though? Which do you think wins the most? Will win the yeah. most? Damn I think Damien Chazelle. Yeah, you think so? They go right back to him. I do. I think. I think he's fired up after First Man, and he's gonna get it. See, it's it's because he just had so much success that makes me think PTA. The whole it's his time narrative. If he does knock it out, yeah, of the park, it's good. Good narrative. I just picked PTA for B. Question B, though, so I gotta pick another person. But okay, that's fair. Spread the love. I should have picked PTA. <laughs> I don't know. I well, like Spike Lee. You could answer Spike Lee for all three. If nothing else, it's a bit of a preview to our. You know, 100% accurate Oscars predictions for the day after the Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to next year, and even though some of these I don't think are coming out until 2022 or 2021 or whatever, sure. uh, something to keep track of. Uh, and Lord knows we do. My God, I'm already tired from how we're going to be in the first week of February. 
a lot going on here. A lot going on in this episode, Mike. Yeah, there sure was. And as always, guys, we want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about all of it, as well as anything else. Don't forget, we have that Ford versus Ferrari Oscar Sprint profile that just came out featuring Colby Mack from ColbyToldMe.com and the Minorities Report Film Podcast. Uh, a lot of stuff that we're covering. Mike already alluded to some of it. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood Frozen 2. we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline, a lot of stuff we've already done. Be sure to check out our SoundCloud page where all the playlists are laid out for you if you want to just learn about what we've said already about the Oscar contenders that are out there. We have a whole Oscar Sprint profile file playlist for 2019 contenders uh if you want to get yourself acquainted with some of the holiday stuff that we've done in the past that we're going to do probably again this year if time allows we'll see i may be promising something that i can't keep but uh we have a holiday playlist there we got all types of fun stuff for you on the soundcloud page uh and we want to hear from you like i said you can reach us mike mike and oscar on facebook mike mike and oscar on instagram at mm and oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts including and especially apple Podcasts. if you own an iphone use apple Podcasts use the app if you can go on the iphone that little purple app with the white uh i don't know i got nothing right now pta sticking out of the middle of it uh tap on that type mike mike and oscar into the search and submit you'll see the opportunity to tap on our logo right now scroll down once leave us a five-star review please do that we thank you for all who have michael bring us home words of wisdom what's coming next so our podcasting is becoming like this Remember when you used to lift weights? You used to work till failure? Yeah. They, they used to yeah. pitch that narrative, yeah. which is really dumb because you probably get hurt doing that. Like, we don't... High school weightlifting coaches, not the geniuses. Yeah, I don't do that as a coach. <laughs> I don't want them to work till failure because they're going to get hurt. This podcast today was like a work till failure. Yeah, we you probably, powered through. We probably hit the wall like 10 minutes in. <laughs> You powered through. You you were. I, I gave you a grueling schedule. It was you kept to it. wise to yeah. give you guys a couple extra days for six degrees, though. You crushed oh it this God, week. It was so good. What a great six degrees week. Uh, Mike mentioned what we got coming up. We got the two weekly shows. We got the Oscar sprint, pro- sprint profiles. We got a lot of guests. It's all coming. Stay with us. I, sorry about the schedule bouncing around. Shit happens, right? It sure does to me in my body often. Uh, and you just said gave me an idea if we ever throw an Oscars like party for get together with all our fans and whatnot one of our appetizers can be the Oscar shrimp profile and just shrimp podcast is over officially canceled it'll never be that party shrimp sounds good I'm hungry when reality sucks, you can come watch movies and eat shrimp with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you very soon. See ya! See ya!